Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord of all, we give you all the honor and the glory and the praise for each and every beautiful and good thing that we've experienced this whole week, for the beauty of being together, and most importantly of all, in the blessed name of Jesus Christ, the champion of our faith, the one who laid his own life down and washed his bride in his own blood. Lord, all glory and honor and praise be unto the Lamb that was slain for the sins of the world. And as we would gather our hearts tonight, we pray for the power of your Holy Spirit certainly to move through this vessel of clay that stands up here in all of his weakness and to move in each and every heart tonight that the adversary would be kept at bay and that your Holy Spirit would have his free course to do his great and marvelous work for which we Thank Thee in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. I have a burden for the message tonight, and I don't want it to seem like a negative thing. It's A burden is kind of some one of those things that God lays on your heart that He wants you to proclaim. He wants you to declare. And... What I'd like to talk about tonight, and we have a a, a five-word theme this year at camp, I'd like to talk about word number four. And we don't have a banner up here, we don't have that advantage, but I'm sure it's not a very long theme, we can all go there in our minds, even so come Lord Jesus. I want to talk about the Lordship of of Jesus Christ. When you think about a man who was exiled to an island for the Word of God, for Jesus Christ his Savior, he was sent there, he was banished there, and he was suffering for the name of Christ. You think of a man who made Jesus his Lord. He was Lord of his life. And so we can understand how he could proclaim... And the spirit in which he proclaims, even so come, my Lord Jesus. Christ was his Lord, was the Lord of his life. We talk about Lord. One of the problems is Lord is just thrown around. Lord, Lord, oh Lord, 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 thank you, Lord God, Lord Jesus, Lord this, Lord that. And, and the word almost becomes trite. What do we mean when we say Lord? Anybody, tell me. What what does Lord mean to you? Master. Excellent. Any other thoughts? What does the Lord mean to you? Savior. Excellent. Master. Savior. Someone who is in power and authority that we give service and obedience to because of that power and that authority. 
He is our master. One in power and authority to whom we render service and obedience. That's a Lord. That's what a Lord means. Formal definition. But we'd like to talk about that tonight because I think it's one of the things that the adversary is attacking. And it seems like in today's society, there's a tendency to... We, we call Jesus our Savior and our Lord. And there's a tendency to dwell on the Savior aspect. And oh, I, 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 I honestly haven't met a person who, who hasn't loved to see a manger scene. Oh, little baby Jesus in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And there aren't too many people who don't like to, to see a cross. And there's crosses all over the country. And talk about what all oh, Jesus, he's this, he's this great God, did all these things for us. Gave us so much. He's a Savior. But you know what? He's also a Lord. And there's a tendency to start and stop with a Savior. And so when we look to Jesus, and, and, and this is why I don't want it to be a burden, when I say a burden, the Lord's laid on my heart, to be a negative thing. When we talk about being born again, when we talk about being partakers of the divine nature, literally God living in you, lives of victory, victory over sin, victory over vices in our lives, all of that is available. And if we want to talk about being born again, we have to dispel a misconception of, of perhaps what I could call a, a, a teddy bear Jesus. You know, where, where somehow there's this conception that we're, we're just going to let him in our heart, just sort of take him along in life and, and, you know, for some hugs and squeezes every now and again. And like a, like a comfort blanket almost, a blankie or something. And, and, and the, don't get me wrong, the, you will never find as much comfort anywhere when you need it as you'll find in Jesus Christ. And we'll see that in the Word we read tonight. But it's very important that when we come to the cross, when we come to Christ, that we recognize what He's done for us, that we realize that He is a Savior, but also that He is to be Lord and Master of our lives. I want to look at some Scripture tonight and um, would ask you, those that have their, your Bibles, turn to Luke chapter 19. I'm going to read a, a text in Matthew 7 first, because as it turns out, our society hasn't been the first, probably won't be the last, to kind of trip up a little bit on, on the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Jesus says in Matthew 7, <coughs> 21, He says, Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But... He that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many will say unto me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? And in thy name have cast out devils. 
and in thy name done many wonderful works, and then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. What was Jesus saying? Was He saying that that He's not to be our Lord? Here there were people saying, Lord, Lord, no. Jesus was saying it isn't just lip service. It isn't just some intellectual concept that we sort of grab a hold of, latch on to, and take with us on the rest of our lives. It says, He that doeth the will of my Father, he who submits himself to me as Lord and Master, he who lays it all down. And I was so thankful. One of the, I'm going to quote your song about revival. You said in your song, Come and rule our hearts, Lord Jesus. That's it. Rule our hearts, Lord Jesus. So there is submission. There is laying it all down and recognizing that He is the Lord. He is Lord of our lives. He is our Master. And not everybody that comes along and says, Lord, Lord, is going to enter into the kingdom of God. And and Jesus has said many there will be that will come and say, Lord, when didn't we do this? When didn't we do that? Oh, what a sad moment that's going to be for some who've had the misconception, who have not had Him as their Lord and haven't done the will. You've turned to uh, to Luke 19, and I don't want to... There's a parable that Jesus tells, and I I don't want to dwell on or read this in its entirety. It it pretty much runs from verse 11 to verse uh, 27 in Luke 19. But Jesus is talking about, and I'll just start it out, He spake a parable because he was nigh to Jerusalem and they thought that the kingdom of heaven should immediately appear. And he said, A certain nobleman went into a far country to receive for himself a kingdom and to return. He called his ten servants and delivered to them ten pounds and said unto them, Occupy till I come. And long story short, some of them take it and they make more with it and they, they, they put it to good use for the master's use. And then there's one though says another came in verse 20 saying lord behold here is thy pound which i've kept laid up in a napkin for i feared thee because thou art an austere man thou takest up that thou layest not down and reapest that thou didst not sow and he said out of your own mouth i'm going to judge you you wicked servant you knew that i was an austere man taking that i did not lay down and reaping that i did not sow and this can be a life can it not To say, well, yeah, I knew you were somebody that was expecting something from this. Something from me. You wanted to take something of mine, my life. So here you go, God. It's a day of judgment. Here's that life that you gave. I laid it up in a napkin. I lived my life my way. I did my own things. And here it is. Here's what you created. There it is. Out of your own mouth will I judge you, you wicked servant. Why didn't you take my money into the bank that at my coming I might have my own money with interest? Why didn't you do something with this life that I gave you? And he said unto them that stood by, Take from him that has and give to them. Take from him his pound and give it to the one that had ten pounds. 
And they that stood by said, Lord, he has ten pounds already. For I say unto you, unto every one which hath shall be given, and from him that hath not, even that he hath shall be taken away from him. And here's the crux of it. In verse 27, Jesus says, these are the words of Christ, but those mine enemies which would not that I should reign over them, bring hither and slay them before me. The words of Jesus Christ Himself. These are a couple of examples of people that are going to run hard into a brick wall of realization that they had not made Jesus Christ Lord of their lives. Oh, He was an austere man. Oh, God wants, he wants to take something from this life that he, that, that's my life. And there's resistance to it. Please don't feel the need to follow along with me. I, I don't want to spend a lot of time flipping through pages, so I've taken the liberty to write down some other verses that really bring out aspects of the Lordship of Jesus Christ and how it's, it's all throughout Scripture. And it's such a beautiful thing. Oh, it's hard. It's hard to lay it all down. It's hard for this to die and to give all of it to Christ. But the blessings are unbelievable. Romans 10.9, verse often quoted when it talks about what we need to do to be saved, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus. A confession. This is not, I draw a direct contrast to the Matthew 7. Where was Lord, Lord, Lord? Oh, Lord was thrown around all the time with the mouth. But this is a confession. The Lord Jesus. That Jesus is my Lord. A confession of the mouth. And believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Matthew 16, 24 to 26 says, If any man will come after me, this is Christ again talking, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. What a beautiful word picture of lordship. That first we deny ourselves, and we take up that cross, and we follow him. Submission to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. John 12, 24-26. Verily, verily, Christ Himself again saying, I say unto you, except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone. But if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. Once again, submission, dying of our own will, dying of our own selves. Don't stop short of submitting entirely to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. I promise you, you won't regret it. I promise you that there's a life more abundantly that you cannot now imagine. As tempting as it is to want to hold on to some of the pleasures in this life, to hold on to some of that pride, to hold on to some of those good works that you can do, lay it down. Let go of it. Fall in that ground, that good ground, and die. Because then you're going to come sprouting forth a new life. Nicodemus didn't understand what it meant to be born again either. Could somebody go back in their mother's womb and be born again? What are you talking about? Born of the Spirit. The death of the old, carnal, sinful 
nature and born again of the Spirit, the life that springs forth is beautiful and brings forth much fruit. In John 18, Pilate had a remarkable conversation with Christ. This was right before he was going to be passed on to be crucified. And they're having this dialogue. And we know Pilate had such a, such a stress over Christ. His wife had told him, don't have anything to do with that man. I've suffered many things because of a dream this night because of him. He tried to wash his hands of him. But he's, he's talking to Christ. Pilate therefore said unto him, art thou a king then? And Jesus answered, Thou sayest that I am a king. To this end was I born, and for this cause came I into the world, that I should bear witness unto the truth. And then Jesus says a tremendous statement of boldness and audacity. He says, Everyone that is of the truth heareth my voice. Do you understand what he's saying when he says that? He's saying, I'm the man. I'm it. And if anybody has anything to do with the truth, it's because they're hearing my voice. It's because they're following me. I'm so thankful to serve a God that says that about the truth. That says that about Himself. That doesn't say, oh, well, any old thing. We can, we can all just get along. Who recognizes the nature of truth. The exclusivity of truth. I'm so thankful to serve a God that says that. And His Lordship is ever-present in, in, in the tone of it. In the suggestions of it. Matthew 10.38 And he that taketh not his cross and followeth after me is not worthy of me. Oh my! Now this, 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 some, sometimes this rosy picture of this all-loving Jesus that sort of just did all this for everybody. And all at once now he's saying, if you don't take up your cross and follow him, you're not worthy of him. The standard is clearly set. Jesus is saying, I need to be Lord of your life. I need it all. Matthew eleven twenty nine. 29, Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. What's a yoke used for? To put on some big, burly, strong beast and to channel all that energy into pulling a plow through dirt. Not an easy task. And th those animals will do of their own will. But a yoke is something that's going to take that, channel it, direct it to the will of the Master. Now all of a sudden, these oxen are doing things that are going to produce fields full of harvest. Because that's what the owner wants. That's what he needs to have happen. And that's what a yoke helps facilitate. So once again, these aspects, and I don't want to go on and on and on through this, but I, I challenge you, you'll find it all throughout Scripture. Aspects of the Lordship of Jesus Christ. And it's a beautiful thing. So you say, okay, Eric, but I'm still not quite seeing Christ. I, I see Him more as a servant than a, as a Lord. And it's true. Jesus Christ provided one of the greatest examples of what true leadership is, of what true greatness is. He said it's to become the servant of all. 
No pride. No selfishness. No longing to be great. But a desire to want to help and to serve. But there are plenty of examples that also point to His Lordship. And we ought not get confused with as much service as He provided. Jesus was not a a lowly slave. He was the Lord of all creation. And we can read it in St. John chapter 1. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. This is talking about Christ. The same was in the beginning with God. It says all things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. That's an awesome God who created everything. He made all the beauty, all of the extravagance that you see around you. Not only that you see around you, but each one of you is a biological specimen that boggles the mind. Each and every one of you as you sit there are a miracle of biology with trillions of cells that are doing unimaginably complex things that keep your body from infection, that clot your blood, that do all kinds of things. Jesus created all of that. I think of Daniel. The three men who would not bow down. Was was God Lord of their life? And we're going to see Christ as well? Absolutely. They were called before the king. They said, our God is able to deliver us from the fire and also from your hand. But even if he does not, let it be known to you this day, we are not going to bow down to your image. Oh, the king was furious. He heated up the furnace so hot, the great mighty men that he commissioned to throw these guys in it were killed just from throwing them in. They got too close and got killed. Not long, the king sees something absolutely confounding. He can't believe it. They're not dying. In fact, they look perfectly fine. And, and hey, didn't we throw three of them in there? I see four of them. And the fourth one. His image is like unto the Son of God. Jesus Christ was there with them. What a great God! To know that when we, He is our Lord, and when we're willing to lay it down, and when we're willing to, to put ourselves out there, that He's going to show Himself strong. He's going to be there in the fire with us. That was our Lord Jesus Christ. That's the Lord that you want to be Lord of your life. There is no other deliverer. Please turn uh, as a a main text, and I realize we've been through some time here with some Scripture, but Colossians, becoming one of my favorite books... Uh, Colossians chapter 1, and want to read, starting with uh, verse number 12. Colossians chapter 1, beginning with verse number 12.
we read, giving thanks unto the Father, which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light, who hath delivered us from the power of darkness, and hath translated us into the kingdom of His dear Son, in whom, in Jesus, we have redemption through His blood, even the forgiveness of sins, who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature, For by Him, and we're talking about Christ now, were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by Him and for Him. And He is before all things. And by Him, all things consist. And He is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things He might have the preeminence. For it pleased the Father that in Him, in Jesus Christ, all fullness, should dwell. And having made peace through the blood of His cross, by Him to reconcile all things unto Himself, and by Him I say, whether they be things in earth or things in heaven, and you that were sometime alienated and enemies in your mind by the wicked works, yet now hath He reconciled in the body of His death, in His flesh through death, rather, to present you holy and unblameable and unreprovable in His sight. Oh, not exactly the picture of a, of a squeeze-it-up teddy bear, is it? In all things, He has preeminence. It pleased God that in Him all fullness should dwell. I want to ask you tonight, have you found fullness? Have you found fulfillment in your life? I'm not talking about living day to day and waking up every morning and looking for, reaching for another pleasure, reaching for another relationship. Have you really found fulfillment? Are you satisfied in your soul, in life? Right here, we have it, the truth, that in Him, all fullness dwells. In all things, He might have the preeminence. This is what God Himself has ordained, that in Jesus Christ, he will have all thi- all in him is all preeminence is christ preeminent in your life 
I have to ask myself the question. Does he have all the preeminence in my life? All of this significance, all of the importance, all of the high esteem. Is he the Lord of my life? Can Christ be the Lord of a life who would choose to spend their wee hours of the night exploring pornographic websites on the internet? Can Jesus Christ be the Lord of a life that doesn't really feel like helping somebody else out. That has to sit and think and decide whether or not it's convenient enough. That has to decide whether or not they even feel like going to church. Is that a picture of the Lordship of Jesus Christ in a life to you, to me? Is Jesus Christ the Lord of a life that's so proud in itself that looks down on everybody else. That wouldn't stoop to coming down to their level. These are all lusts. God's Word tells us the, the corruption that's in the world is, is because of lust. The lust of the eye. The lust of the flesh. The pride of life. Darkness. Power of darkness. Darkness. There's a lot of people under the power of darkness throughout the world today. I know of, uh, I've just heard of sports figures that have have done so, and and I'm not speaking against partaking in, in sport activity, but we have to watch out for idolatry of, of some of these athletes. I've heard of some who, who, who will not wash a sock or a jockstrap or whatever have you because the day they wore that, they broke some record. They had some tremendous performance. And you know, that in and of itself is a testimony that they admit it's not within themselves to do it. Something beyond them got them there. If they felt that that was just a normal day and it was just, oh, it's well within me to do all of that, there wouldn't be all these superstitions that float around. This is my lucky this, this is my lucky that. I think of of the uh, Satan who told Christ, showed him in a moment of time all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them. He said, all this will I give you if you bow down and worship me. He said, for that's given to me, and to whomsoever I will, I give it. Is Jesus Christ preeminent in your and in my life? And would just like to uh, go one chapter forward, Colossians 2.8. This beautiful book provides a couple of uh, things for us to look out for. As we're on the road of, of having the Lordship of Jesus Christ in our lives, He says, Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit. First of all, after the tradition of men. And second of all, after the rudiments of the world 
and not, he says, after Christ. Unfortunately, you and I and all of us here tonight are human, and we have human nature. And human nature seems to divert one way or the other, to the left side, to the right side. I don't care what side you want to put on where. But one of them says, that after the traditions of men, which the Pharisees had made God's word and His commandments of no effect because of man-made traditions. And there's one side of this road that says, you know, I can do a lot of this stuff myself. I can earn my way there. I'm good. I'm better than this guy. I'm better than that guy. Look at him. And look at me. Look at all that I can do in my life. Is Jesus Christ the Lord over a heart like that? That very legalistically feels very good about its own abilities to earn favor with God. The other side of the road, the rudiments of the world. The, um, an eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. What is all this turn the other cheek stuff? Not going to get anywhere that way. The philosophies that say, go for it, you deserve it. Heap pleasures to yourself. It's worth it. You won't regret it. Lie after lie after lie. And it is a life that is really bound by its being a slave to its own lust. Is that a life that has Jesus Christ as its Lord? I think we all know the answers to these questions. And so we're cautioned. There are, there are many ways that the devil would want to take us away from the beauty of having Jesus Christ as our Lord. And I really want to finish tonight by transitioning to, to that beauty. Because Satan would sometimes have you to believe that Jesus Christ is a hard taskmaster. That He's just there to push you down. And to put you under His thumb. He's there to make sure you don't have any fun in life. What is this business about Him being Lord? Him being the Master? You've got your own mind. You've got your whole life in front of you. Be the Lord of your own life. You deserve it. you only got one life to live. And oh, is that wrong. Oh, is that... It? There is such a beauty. Because you see, having Jesus Christ as Lord of your life brings you into a relationship. The right relationship. One of submission to Him. It says, to as many as received Him, to them gave He power to become the sons of God. You will find victory in Christ through submission to Him. You will find power. You will find illumination. You will find discernment. You will find the ability to see things for what they really are 
and to know which way to go. To see the foolishness that's in this life. All because of what He can give you. Because it's a relationship. And even back in the times and days of Jeremiah, he prophesied, he said, The days come, saith the Lord, that I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. And I just want to read to you what that covenant is in in Hebrews as we would close. Hebrews 8.10 says, For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, saith the Lord. I will put my laws into their mind and write them in their hearts. And I will be to them a God. And they shall be to me a people. We're talking about a relationship here tonight. One that becomes a covenant relationship that you will share with the Creator of everything. With the One who protected those from the fire. With the One who always shows Him strong on behalf of those whose hearts are perfect toward Him. A relationship that you can't even imagine. In Him, all fullness dwells. Let your imaginations run wild as to what you think that might involve. But all fullness, all satisfaction, a peace that passes all understanding is available to you. But it comes through the Lordship of Jesus Christ. So tonight, I don't want you to stop short as you consider your life. And as you consider the cross of Calvary, don't stop short of making Jesus Christ Lord of your life. And in closing, I think the songwriter wrote it well out of our camp hymnals and in hymn 122, I just want to read two verses. And he likens this aspect of making Jesus Lord of your life to laying all on the altar. And he says this, You have longed for sweet peace and for faith to increase and have earnestly, fervently prayed. But you cannot have rest or be perfectly blessed until all on the altar is laid. Is your all on the altar of sacrifice laid? Your heart does the Spirit control. You can only be blessed and have peace and sweet rest as you yield Him your body and soul. Oh, we never can know what the Lord will bestow of the blessings for which we have prayed, till our body and soul He doth fully control, and our all on the altar is laid. Is your all 
on the altar of sacrifice laid. Your heart, does the Spirit control? You can only be blessed and have peace and sweet rest as you yield Him your body and soul. I'd like to call up Brother Brian to lead us in a prayer.